Hey, it's Drunken Time Travel, Drunken Science. Hello. Hello. And we're doing light for this one because of yes. the light guns, you see? Yes. You see? Yes, there was all about the light. In, so. uh, in the savages, there were light guns, so we're doing light. I should mention that again. No? No. No? Okay. I'll mention it. We're doing the light guns because of the light guns in the savages. We're doing light guns this week. No, we're doing light because of the light guns in the savages. Slant. So, off you go, Gav. Let there be light. Let there be plenty of light. Well, essentially, there's uh, there's four forces in the universe. Yep, there's the force that, uh, bind, mm. that binds us. The strong force. Us. Yes. 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 Uh, the strong force. The yeah. Jedi force, yeah. That's the one, yeah. The weak force, uh, gravity, and the electromagnetic oh, one. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. The electromagnetic one. No, you're calling it electromagnetic. Not two, one. And light is essentially uh, the electromagnetic part of, the gravity. It's part of gravity, right? No, it's the electromagnetic oh, oh, one. Oh. Uh, the electromagnetic radiation it comes in various frequencies, from low to high. The uh, lowest one being uh, radio waves, which is measured in centimetres and metres, up to microwaves, ultraviolet rays, visible light, which is going down to uh, 400 to 700 nanometres, which is a billionth of a metre, up to uh, infrared, x-ray and gamma rays, which goes down to 0.1 nanometres. And the uh, quantized unit of electromagnetic radiation is the photon. Photon, you say? So after that, I thought uh, we'd uh, go into the history of light. The history of light? Yes, the drunken science history. Of light. Interesting. I, li I like it. Hey, you can't do history. I do history. I can do history if I like. Well, you can do history, but it won't be very good. Yes, going back to the... Uh, all the way back to the Greeks. The Greeks. The, orig the, Greeks. the original thinkers. That's what I call them. <laughs> <laughs> it was Pythagoras, him of his famous equation. He uh, initially proposed that light emerged from the eye and struck an object. It what an object? It, it struck an object. Oh, it struck an object. It didn't stroke an object. <laughs> if it did, pretty little be, object. <laughs> if it did, there would be so many sexual harassment suits these days. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, Pythagoras, who of course was killed for his uh, for stroking his scientific <laughs> stroking beliefs. So, but whereas uh, Epicurus, he proposed that objects themselves emitted light. Which enabled you to see. There was uh, other Greek philosophers. Uh, there were, there were many of them. Yes. Name two. Uh, Euclid and Ptolemy. They uh, they eventually showed uh, with diagrams, very convincing it, diagrams. It's just Ptolemy. Is it silent P? It's silent uh, P. Okay. Thanks you for the correction. It's alright. I'm here to yeah, they show with the diagrams uh, specifically that light bounces off surfaces and uh, bends through transparent objects. And then eventually uh, Arabian scholars honed these ideas and they eventually identified exactly how the eye works and that rays bounce from objects into the eye. 
And then... Uh, well, well, uh, well, just before yes. we carry on... Um, You've got to tell your jokes. Uh, no, no, not that. Um, yeah, uh, Jim Al-Khalili, a great professor and TV guy, physics guy, he, he did a... Uh, he did a mini series about Arabian science, and it, did, was, yes. and it was very good. Yeah, that was very interesting. I don't know what all this is about. It was, uh, yeah, it was about the history of Arabian science and how it was really good back in the day, and it's shit mm. now. Yes. So basically, <laughs> what happened? Science happened. Well, science happened back in the day. Yeah, it did, yes. Right, too much science happened. Okay. <laughs> so they couldn't handle all the science. <laughs> Over, there was, we've got science in the speaker, but it's overfilling, and we don't know what to do with because, all the science. Look, we've started the science, we got bored, carry on. We can't handle it anymore, the pressure's too great. Please continue. So, in 19, uh, or oh, sorry, 1690, 1690? In 1690, yes, uh, Hugens, he speculated that uh, there was an in the universe, whereby a luminous object would uh, excite this ether and create a vibrational wave through the ether. Ether. Ether, then. I, I, I wouldn't have corrected you, but you said it three times in the space of ten mm-hmm. seconds. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're never going to be a famous scientist like this. I don't want to be. Apparently not. I want to be a famous podcast scientist. Well, you're going about it the right way. No, that's not all that case, is it? But yes, eventually these uh, vibrational waves through the ether, they will, uh, they eventually reach your eye, and these waves sort of stimulate vision. Sort of stimulate vision. Yes, take a drink. <laughs> and this explanation became widely accepted. But there were some people who uh, didn't subscribe to this point of view. What, mad people? Yes, mad people like Newton. Mad people who were MPs, who, who the only thing apparently they said while they were in the House of Commons was, can someone close the window? People like that. Brilliant people. Like the greatest scientists ever known to man. People like Newton. Jim, Jim, Jim McElroy wasn't, wasn't born back then. He's not the greatest. He is. He's only the second greatest. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, Newton, he proposed that light was made of corpuscles or particles. Well, he was wrong then, wasn't he? No. But we don't know that yet, so carry on. Yes, he, he reasoned that sort of light travels in straight lines. Straight lines? <laughs> straight lines? <laughs> light, light, travels, <laughs> light travels in lounges. <laughs> yeah. yes, it's very relaxed. <laughs> yes, he travels in straight lines. And bounces off surfaces, pretty much like uh, particles do. And uh, the reason why nobody can see them is because they travel fast, or they're too small, or basically your eyes can't see them. And uh, up until 1801, there was still no evidence for uh, either one of either one of the theories. But I'm guessing in 1801 there was some yes. kind of experiment to prove one of them? Yes, it was uh, Thomas Young's famous double slit experiment. Oh, it proved both of them then? He proved the first one, the uh, the wave theory of light. Because when he shone light through two slits in a sheet, 
and on the detector there was an interference pattern. Uh, it didn't just shine two slits of light where you would expect it to shine through with two slits. Yeah, it did like what you expect mm. from water. Yeah. With a wave, yeah. Yeah, the, the waves would go through each sort of slit and the bowels and troughs would cancel each other out and create various patterns on the other side. So after that experiment, the wave theory of light was pretty much expected. So uh, the wave theory sort of became standard and sort of slightly related to that, the uh, no, I will not stop saying sort of. Picking that up. So the, uh, the common mirage effect that people generally see, uh, that became understood as uh, light waves bending in the warm air near the ground and coming back up to see your eyes. And that was explained using the uh, wave theory. And moving forwards into the 1860s, uh, a brilliant man called James Maxwell, he discovered uh, electromagnetism which describe light as comprising of both an electric field and a magnetic field, calling it electromagnetic radiation. Mm. And that this electromagnetic radiation propagated at a speed of 186,000 miles per second. Which is the speed of light? That is the speed of light, yes. Speed limit of the universe. Yes. And uh, it was this that pretty much killed the uh, light particle theory. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, it pretty much lasted about 40 years up until the uh, 1900s. Oh, let's go to the 1900s. Are we in a Taurus? Yes. We'll shoot forward in time. Where uh, Max Planck... uh, Max Planck, I like that name. But he basically showed that light must carry uh, discrete packets of energy, with uh, the incremental levels being shown by the formula HF, where F is a frequency and H is Planck's constant. How did he show that uh, light must I be don't know. packets of energy? I don't know exactly. He, he used some fancy mathematics and equations, Yeah, which basically says that so that the energy doesn't increase sort of gradually and incrementally. There's a minute sort of energy level, it has to step up every time. It can't do anything in between or anything smaller than Planck's constant. That is the minimum amount that the energy levels can step up each time. And then uh, Einstein came along and uh, expanded on this work carried out by Max Planck and uh, so introduced the photoelectric effect whereby he shone UV light onto some metal and he could see electrons coming off of the metal. Of the metal. Metro? Of the metal. Metal? Yeah. Okay. And he, he deduced from this that these energy packets by Planck, they were hitting sort of individual atoms, exciting the electrons, and uh, photons were being released. And he called them photons, the individual packets of energy of light. That, that, that uh, Planck had talked about. Yeah. That he thought were tiny bits of waves. Yeah, apparently. I did not know this myself. Uh, this is well, you know, you've got to go to a good school and know yes. about science, Cap. Yeah, so experiment, it was shown that light actually consists of photons. But Newton, not Newton, sorry, uh, Einstein, he yeah, didn't... Newton. Newton didn't do anything, yeah. just try and remember that. But Einstein, he didn't turn his back on the wave theory, 
because uh, a year later in a piece of work he published on special relativity, he introduced the concept of uh, wave-particle duality. He, he chose either particles or waves to describe the motion of light, whichever would best fit his theory. So, so basically, because it acted as a particle and a wave, he said it could. It was both. Yeah, it, it pick and choose whichever one it wanted to uh, best fit. Because they didn't. And, and, okay, and, they didn't, he, he, they didn't he embraced both the wave and particle nature of the. It was they, really they don't the know, first they don't one know right be. now if it's a particle or a wave. What right now? Right now. No, no right then when you're talking. About oh yeah, no. No, uh, I think Einstein really was the first one to embrace the duality of... He embraced the duality, but only because he didn't know. Possibly, I don't know. Well, I, well, I think really he did understand. He, he understood it was a photon, obviously, because of his experiments, and he understood it had a wave nature as well. So he, he understood it was fine to explain it in either way, whichever best fit your theory. He understood the, the duality of light's nature. So, so it's just well, basically, they, they know that they think of light as basically mm. instead of a wave, tiny bits of waves. If you like, so I was taught. Could be wrong, to be fair, because most things you learn at school are wrong. They just, it, they it, just it, say, it's, it's, they just say, oh, by the way, that thing we taught you, that's mm. wrong. We just taught you that because mm. it was easy to understand. But yeah. now we're going to teach you the real stuff. Yeah, when it comes to the world of quantum, China. Analogize it to the uh, macroscopic world that we all know. Yes. Is that like yes. some kind of cream or uh, lube or something? If you like. Analog- analogies of cream or something? If you like. Anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. off you go. And then after him, uh, Niels Bohr came along and then proposed that electrons uh, existed in discrete orbits uh, based on their energy levels. Which, uh, which Irish guy worked out in school and I didn't. And yep. he likes to show off about it. I don't like to show off about it. You were the one that mentioned it. And, and when the electron jumps energy levels, it is either absorbing or giving off an electron. Yep. And when it, uh, when, it, when it drops an energy level, mm-hmm. it gives out a uh, packet of, of energy, which is a photon. Yes. Did I say electron? I don't know if you knew that, guy. Yes, I do now. Yes, when I did an electron, electron, see, when an electron's in an orbit, I'll explain this. When yes. an electron's <laughs> in an, well, you know, you know, you know, uh, an atom is basically protons and or neutrons yes. at the center. Yeah. Orbited by electrons. Yeah. It's not as simple as that. Electrons can have several heights of orbit. To simplize it. It's a new word I've invented. Well, if you want to explain it in complicated version. Um, so, whenever, sometimes it increases its orbit and takes in energy to do so, and when it, decre- when it decreases its orbit, it gives out a photon of energy. And uh, thusly, uh, <laughs> the quantum theory of light was born. Let there be quantum light. See what you which, uh, which basically led people to start thinking about the double slit experiment in uh, a new light, if you like. Yes, because it was showing... Uh, whereby, whereby the light sort of goes towards the double slits in a wave pattern. It goes through the two slits 
uh, also going through them in wave pattern, cancelling each other out. And then when it gets to the detector, the wave cancels into one single photon and appears on the detector. <laughs> Which is a highly simplified version of the uh, quantum, <laughs> <laughs> quantum effect that actually happens, but there you go. Which I never got taught at school either. The, the, the double slit experiment basically shows yes. that it, it prepazes both. Which they didn't actually know at the time. People at home were not seeing my hand movements, which are really no. good. Because they might not get it without my hand movements, is what I'm saying. Do you want so, to talk about colour now? Yes, I uh, Let's move on to other properties of light. Yep. I don't want to give away the secrets of the screen. Yes. <laughs> so basically, most of the light that we get is uh, from the sun. Really? Yes. We get quite a lot from the sun. It's, it's shining up there quite a lot. It never stops. Okay. And we uh, we see it as white. We do, yes. yes. And uh, Newton, we might have that genius. Newton. Yes. What, you mean the uh, the electronic pad thing that uh, was brought out eight, like, years ago? No. No? No, the genius scientist. The greatest man that's ever lived. Nope, you've lost me again. <laughs> Yes, he, he was the first to demonstrate that uh, the white light from the sun is made up of uh, many different colours. Using prisms, he held a sunlit sunlight or a sunbeam. Uh, he held it through a prism which split it into the various constituents of the colour and then held those various constituents to another prism which converged it back into white light. Which just basically prove that white light is composed of all the different colours. Yes. And uh, when you're looking at uh, your TVs or your laptops or anything like that, you're basically looking at uh, red, green or blue lights. So on your laptops and TVs, uh, they're basically only showing you the red, green and blue lights. Yes. So uh, when you're seeing, for example, yellow on your laptop, you're not really seeing yellow light. You're just seeing a mix of uh, green and blue, which your eyes translate as yellow light. But it is really just green and blue. And on the subject of colour, any particular object, they don't really have any intrinsic sort of colour to them. Because colour is just determined by what frequency of light the object doesn't absorb. For example, an orange, it absorbs light, hits the orange, it will absorb all the other colour frequencies and reflect the orange ones back to you. In, yes. Yeah. It, is, it is not actually orange itself. Because we all know about reflection. If light hits a smooth surface, it's reflected at the same angle. Yes. And it dries and... Then that's how we see the object. But not all objects in the real world are smooth. Uh, for example, paper. It's a really rough surface, so when light hits it, it's scattered in all directions, which makes it a really useful thing, because we'll, we can see the piece of paper and the words written on it from all angles. Unlike any uh, tablet or Kindle. Yes, where you need super eyes. Super eyes! Super. <laughs> So, super twist. Super twist. 